Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 163. Okay, here's a story. I'm in my junior year of high school, and I've signed up for a year-long independent seminar where the entire year is to be spent doing a single science project. And I was doing this for all the wrong reasons. I was doing it for an easy A, essentially. About two weeks into the year, the head of the program basically calls me out onto the carpet. <laughs> we, have, we have what's referred to as a come-to-Jesus meeting. And he basically said, look, you're not, per- you're not putting in the effort required here. You either shape up or you should leave the program. I think that was some of the best advice I ever got. Because if he had just let me slide, then it would have been a waste of a year. The saying is coming into my head that, that God is a father, not a grandfather. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, most children don't have fathers anymore. And therefore, they're angry. And, you know, rightfully so. Because they've never been held to a standard. And if you've never been held to a standard, then actually holding yourself to a standard becomes much, much more difficult. I don't think this is debatable. I look back on my own life and I realize that at key moments, as a child, as an adolescent, as a young man, it took someone pushing me to make me do something. My father, because I was lucky enough to have a father in my life, or a teacher, or a coach, or, you know, even a boss. And I think we're losing this, because the people who should be acting as fathers, who should be sending the message that you either shape up or you get out, well, they've decided it's easier to be a grandfather instead. It's easier to spoil someone than demand they develop. It's easier not to judge. It's easier not to demand. It's easier to let someone slack off than to hold them to a standard. But that's an abdication of responsibility. And, and it leads to a destruction of agency in the very people that they're acting like a grandfather towards because they are lying to these people, okay? This is a lie when you say you can do anything or when you say you deserve this or if you say if you don't succeed, it's not your fault or if you say you shouldn't have to try hard or if you say you shouldn't have to suffer. Look, life is suffering, okay? Suffering is inevitable. The only question is whether you're going to wait for suffering to come find you. The only question is whether you're going to deny the existence of suffering. If you're going to close your eyes to it, if you're going to try to hide from it, (laughs) which never works, right? And the only alternative is to embrace suffering voluntarily. That's where true self-esteem is born. Self-esteem is not born in being told that you're good enough. Self-esteem is not born in being told you shouldn't have to try. Self-esteem is born in voluntary suffering, okay? Voluntary suffering, going into into the darkness of, of the unknown and failing, and then trying again, and then failing again, and then trying again, and at some point succeeding And the success isn't necessarily external, right? Not everyone can win in everything all the goddamn time. The success is internal. It's this little voice in your head that when you're faced with something hard says, hmm, I've been to the underworld before and I've come back stronger. 
I have failed before, and I handled it. I did. I handled it. Not my parents, or my boss, or my government. Me. What else can I handle? What else can I do by myself? I think that's self-esteem, and I think that leads to happiness. Happiness is not a state of being. Happiness is a state of doing. (laughs) How's that for a fortune cookie? But I think this is an important point because in our society, we think pleasure is happiness. No, pleasure is not happiness. Oblivion is not happiness. Do you know what hell is? (laughs) Hell is an absence. Hell is where effort is meaningless. Hell is where everything's easy. Hmm, no, that's not quite right. Hell is where nothing is interesting. Hell is where everything's boring. No, no, that's not quite right either. But it's closer, okay? And if you don't believe me, go sit in a chair and stare at a wall for six hours and tell me how it went. (laughs) Let's try again. Hell is a world drained of purpose. Hell is a world without meaning. Hell is a world of of why bother and, and what's the point? Hell is a world where you can't see anything but yourself. And you're thirsty and your skin itches and there's a buzzing in your ears. You're restless, but there's nothing worth doing, not even as a distraction. I think happiness has purpose, okay? It's Sisyphus pushing that goddamn boulder back up the hill again, even though he already knows it's going to tumble back down. So what is Sisyphus without his boulder? What is Sisyphus without his hill? Or or how about this? What's Rocky without Ivan Drago? You know, just thinking about Rocky for a second, even the original Rocky movie, which was so gritty and realistic, still had a montage. (laughs) Montage! And montages send horrible, terrible messages, (laughs) right? Because they they sort of imply that getting better is a one-way street, that all it takes is the hard-bitten coach and, and a snappy soundtrack and In just a few minutes, you are going to progress from neophyte to expert. And that's not how reality works, okay? Here's a truth, okay? You gotta put in the work. Not time. Any fool can put in 10,000 hours. You gotta put in the work. And, you know, I think we're going in the opposite direction. I think effort has become a dirty word. When I was growing up, struggle was for dumb people. People who were in the gifted and talented programs didn't have to try. They didn't have to put in effort. They were supposed, or or the pressure on them was just to get things intuitively, instinctively, immediately, easily. And someone who had to try really, really hard, well, they probably weren't that smart to begin with. And, you know, growing up, We didn't see the work other people put in. All we saw was the result. We don't spend two hours watching Michael Phelps swim laps every day, okay? We we don't go watch Nadal hit a thousand tennis balls every day. We just 
see the result. All we see is what looks like effortless mastery. Okay, we don't see the road that it took them to get there. And then we get angry when we suck. Okay, we get angry instead of being motivated to struggle and suffer the way they did. We have to get motivated to be crap. (laughs) We have to get motivated to fail over and over. And you know what? Maybe never succeed. If you refuse to run the risk of never succeeding, then then you'll never succeed. (laughs) And I think that's my second fortune cookie of the episode. Look, it's just easier to watch Netflix, okay? It's easier to nurse my resentment and to figure out a way to blame other people for what I don't have, to blame other people for not just giving me what I think I deserve, but I refuse to struggle to get. And this is so bonkers. (laughs) It's so bonkers because it's that struggle that is the greatest feeling there is. Okay, the greatest feeling is Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill for the 226,000th time. Okay, that is someone who is happy. Sisyphus is happy. It's not Sisyphus at the peak of the hill who's happy. And it's not the guy on the couch watching him who's happy. It's Sisyphus pushing the boulder, okay? If you want to be happy, if you want meaning and and purpose and and motivation, go fail. <laughs> Go fail over and over again, and then learn the lessons of the failure, and then go fail again. That's all I've got this week. I'll catch you later.